So the one another church, here we go. John chapter 13, looking at verse 31, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible says this, so when he had gone out, Jesus said, now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, and listen to this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. The voice translation says it this way. So I give you a new command, verse 34. So I give you a new command. Love each other, watch this now, deeply and fully. It's a little more. Deeply and fully. Remember the ways that I have loved you and demonstrate your love for others in those same ways. So last week, um, Pastor Dietrich talked about loving one another. And uh, just to kind of recap, you know, it's Jesus' greatest priority right, that we love one another. He clearly says it here that we must love one another. It's the basis for all of our other one another's. Uh, and here's the thing about love, loving one another. It's the one distinguishing, uh, it, it's the one distinguishing remark that Jesus made about being his disciple. The one distinguishing characteristic is that we love one another. Uh, that's how people will know. Not by how many scriptures you know, not by any of those things, but that we love one another. That's how all people will know that you're a disciple of Christ. And so we must show that we're walking in God's love. We must love one another. By the way, um, I, how many believe or have read the scripture that God is love? Have you ever heard that scripture in 1 John? God is love, right? Um, it says if you don't love your brother in this scripture in 1 John, then you're not of God. Because God is love. God is love. Not God. Scripture doesn't say God does love. God is love. It is who he is. God is love. How many would agree that God created the universe? Right? You agree with that? Some of you agree? A couple? Still on the fence, maybe? Okay. Yeah, I, you know, a few. Uh, I, I believe that. I believe that God created the universe. And with that, I believe that he created the stars and the moon and the heavens and the whatever the scientists say is out there, the galaxies and the cosmos and the whatever it is. He created all that. I believe he created the earth. Anybody believe he created the earth, right? Heaven and earth. And uh, in the earth, I believe he created all living things, right? Which includes you and me. God created you. You agree with that? He created me. He created you and me. Now, just a moment ago, we talked about the scripture, God is love. God is love. It's who he is. So then from that, we could deduce that if God created the universe and the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and he created all living things and he created you, and if God is love, we must understand that love created the universe. Love created the stars and the moon. Love created you. Love formed you and shaped you. Love made you. So, the, so love is the basis. Love is the foundation. Love is, uh, we're our, it, it is our catalyst of everything. You're made up of it. When God breathed the breath of life into you, love was being breathed into you. 
Now, to some, that kind of sounds corny. You know, maybe it sounds like a romantic comedy movie, you know, but it doesn't make it any less true. Love breathed into you. You're, you have the breath of love in your lungs. And so, we must, so you must understand that we must love one another. Last week, Dietrich also talked about encouraging one another. We must encourage one another. We have to encourage one another. I don't know about you, but there's times when I need encouragement. And I mean, I have faith. <laughs> I read his word. I know what he's done. But it's nice every once in a while to get some encouragement. And so if I'm going to get encouragement, I must encourage. And encourage means to inspire with passion. See, encourage is more than just, you can do it. You can do it. Uh, you know, no, no problem. Don't worry. You got this. You can do it. God wants us to go the next step, <laughs> the extra mile, right? Be with somebody. Hold their hand. Pray with them. If, they need, if you have something that you can give, give it. Go the extra mile. This is the encouragement to inspire with passion. Make them believe. Come on. Add action to our words. That's our encouragement. Even when we give criticism, it must be positive criticism. You understand? We, so often when we correct people, uh, we, we're right and they're wrong. If, if you're really honest with yourself, you're really honest with yourself, there are times when really deep down what we really do is prove to the other person that we're right and they were wrong in the situation. I know you don't want to admit it, but sometimes, sometimes we have to fight that to prove to the other person that we were right. I know I do. I have to fight that and, uh, because it's not what God wants. God wants us to encourage others, even in correction, so that they're better. You, you want to lift them up. You're not trying to push them away. You're not trying to put them down. You're not trying to say, I told you so. You're not God never did any of that. Never did any of that. You'd encourage people with passion to lift them up. And so I just want to give you uh, the last two. Those are the first two, one another's, right? We must love one another. Jesus told us that because love created you. So we have to love one another. Number two, we have to encourage one another. This number three, you know it already. You know it. You say it. You have done it. There have been times when you've lacked in it, but you must remember it. And it has to be in your heart today that we must forgive one another. We must forgive one another. Let me take you over to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. It says this, therefore, as the elect of God, you're the elect of God, holy and beloved, you're all those things. I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm holy. Okay. Then put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another. Lord, how long? You got one more time. To say that. One more time to do that. I can't help you no more. How many times have I helped you out of the situation? Well, the Bible says bearing with one another. How many times has Jesus helped you? What if he said, okay, that's it. You know, three times, and you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of it. What if he said that to you and I? How can we say it to one another then? I know it's tough. Trust me, it's... <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm looking in the mirror. I know it's tough, but it's the word. If we're going to be like Jesus, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, now here's, this is big. See, you, a lot, we read this scripture right here in Colossians chapter 3. We'll skip right over this part right here. 
We'll read it, we'll see it, and say, okay, yeah, I understand it. But I'm telling you, it's much more than we can comprehend. If anyone has a complaint against another, this is key. Even as two of the biggest words in the Bible, two of the biggest words in all of the Word of God that we skip over, two of the smallest words, but they're two of the biggest words that we skip over. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do, Paul told the Colossians. You must do. So with that, we must think about how did Christ forgive us? How did Christ forgive us? How did he? Was it with condition? Did he wait until we were slobbering on the ground, repenting before he forgave us? I'm going to tell you a, a little secret. God, he didn't even wait till you repented, honestly. I mean, if you want, really want to get down uh, to, you know, I don't want to mess up your theology. But I remember over in Romans when Paul said, <laughs> come on, when you were in sin, while you were in sin, Christ died on the cross. And see, what that means is there were those who didn't even know there was a Christ, much less know that you needed him, much less know that you were committing sin. You didn't even know it. And he was dying on the cross for you and I. He already did it before you came into this world. Everybody can't say that. Those who were born before Christ and were there with him can't say this, but we can. Before we were even born, before we were even born, we were forgiven of our sins. Before we were born. Now, we have to repent. We have to repent. Now, come on, we have to confess with our mouth. I'm not saying, but I'm not, you know. But listen, he had already made a provision. We were already forgiven. How many wake up in the morning saying, I'm ready to forgive? I wish somebody would do something, because I'm ready. What? You got something to say? Go ahead. Call me Baldy. I forgive you. I already did it. How many wake up that way? Well, you know what? The Bible also said, I think David put it this way. He said, your mercy endures forever. But I like that he said, your mercies are new every month. That means God, now God doesn't sleep or slumber. So I'm just using this as an example. Forgive me. But that means God wake up. All ready to forgive. Already. So even as, even as Christ forgave you. It's big. It's big. <laughs> The same way he forgave you, you must forgive your brothers and sisters. It, it puts a little, uh, puts a little uh, more of a slant on forgiveness, doesn't it? I mean, because we know we have to forgive. Now, let me, let me say this. Forgiving one another, number one, is a command. All right? He tells us, you must, so, you, so also you must do, Paul said. So it's a command. We must forgive one another. And, and then it, it's even, we just said, it, even as Christ forgave you, that's big. We have to keep that in our mind. We have to keep that in our heart. The same way that God forgave you, you must forgive. And then remember, it, here's the thing. If you don't forgive others, you won't be forgiven. Jesus told us that. You want to be forgiven? You have to forgive others. Now here, now, now here let me, in case, in case uh, you know, you, that, that's not enough for you in terms of forgiveness, think about this also. Forgiveness is more than lip service. Now here's the thing. Here's, here's what, listen, I understand fake it till you make it. You know, I get all those phrases and yeah, I, I agree with all of that. But at some point you got to make it. Some point you got to make it. And here's, the, here's what I'm saying with that is we know that we have to forgive. We know it's a command. And so when somebody does, when we're offended, somebody does something to us, we know in our heart, if you're a Christian, that you have to forgive. 
Now, you don't feel like it in your heart. You don't want to forgive in your heart, but you know you have to, so you say the words, I forgive you. It's a good thing. You have, you, we must do that. But it's not enough. And now it's enough for the other person, but it's not enough for you. Because remember, even as Christ forgave us, even as Christ forgave us, we have to want to forgive. We have to deal with ourselves, And that, it doesn't seem fair, does it? Because she did something to me. Why do I have to deal? How is it my fault? It's her fault. And I, and I even said I forgive you with my mouth. I still got to look at my heart. Yeah. Even as Christ forgave you. You want to live an abundant, faith-filled life, the abundant life that Christ died on the cross for us to live? Then, even as Christ forgave you, we must forgive others. It's a little heavier. It's a little heavier. <laughs> and we must do so with the spirit of humility, love, sharing the love that the Father has showed to us. We must do all of those things. And so we, we, we have to love. We have to love one another. We have to encourage one another. We have to forgive one another. And lastly, we have to serve one another. We must serve one another. Let me take you over to Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says this, For you, brethren and sisterin, you have been called to liberty. That's freedom. It means you have called. You have, there's no more chains on you. You're free. You're free. No more chains. You can, you're free. Only do not use your freedom your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, yes, help us, Lord. Through love, serve one another. And so finally, we are called to serve one another. Let's choose to use our newly given liberty to love and serve as God has served us. See, God didn't only create us. God didn't only deliver us. God didn't only die on the cross for us. But God wrapped himself in flesh and served us. You know, the creator submitted himself to his own creation in order to buy you and I back. That's service. Come on, that's service now. And we must serve one another in that way. And so it's the, the one who created you, the one who formed you in the womb, the one who fearfully and wonderfully made you, blew the breath of life into you so that you could live. He has served you and I. And now he asks that you be a servant to the people around you. Even as, even as he served. First Peter 4, 7 says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. It says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. I, I experienced uh, hospitality uh, like I've never experienced in my life when I went to the Philippines. I mean, you, you go to someone's house, they barely have enough to eat for the day themselves, but they insist that you eat. And when you say, no, 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 I, I know, you, this is for your family. It, no, they will not have it. You're a guest, you eat above them. Be hospitable. I mean, this is the kind of hospitality Christ wants us to have. Be hospitable. Without grumbling, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Just as you have received grace, give grace with your heart. 
That's what he means when he says without grumbling and all of those things. Give it free. Freely you have received. Come on, somebody. Freely give. Freely give. I mean, this world in which we live in teaches everyone that we must scramble to get on to the top. You know, that the highest leadership position is the best. And, you know, we can choose all of those things, money, glory, esteem, notoriety, all of those things to get up uh, the social and economic ladder. But Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. To be the highest, he became the lowest. Come on. In the church, a person should be taught to strive to be the chief servant. We should be taught that we, 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 we want to struggle and grow to be the best servant that there is. And not for our own glory. Not for our own glory. We must serve with love. We must do it with the spirit of humility and love, sharing the love that the Father has showered to us. We must serve with love. And when you think about these one another's, simple message. I know. It's, I've heard that before. I, I know that's in the Bible. Yeah, well, it's one thing for something to be in the Bible. It's one thing for you to have heard it before. And it's another thing for us to live our life that way. It's another thing for us to live our life that way. We're going to accomplish the things that God has set out for us this year, 2019. I don't know how many have made New Year's resolutions. Anybody do that? Make New Year's resolutions some? Okay, maybe one. We, we don't do that anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I've kind of been up and down with New Year's resolutions. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a new opportunity. But if you want to accomplish what you set out to accomplish, these one another's have to be the foundation and basis for us. For this year, 2019, the one another church. That's who we want to be. We want to be the one another church. And not just in lip service. You know, I, we, it, it's, it's, it's nice for somebody to say, boy, you sure look like a one another church on the outside. I don't want to just look like a one another church. And I don't want to just look like a one another person. I mean, it's, that's cool for somebody to say you look like a one another person because some of the... I want my heart. If nobody else, I'd rather no one else say I'm a one another person and God know that I'm a one another person. That's actually the best way. Because this way, because Jesus said, look, you, if you do your deeds before men, then you have your reward. You've got your reward already. And so God is telling us this year, be a one another person and let us be a one another church. Let us love with the kind of love that Christ, not the kind of love you think you should love with, his kind of love. Let us encourage one another the way he encouraged. Come on, you can do it. He, he, I know, I'm, I'm done here, but I, my, my favorite story in the Bible is the lady that was, the woman that was caught in adultery. Uh, I mean, so much to say about that. I know every time, you know, you wonder where the man is, you know, he was in adultery too. But uh, when she was brought before Jesus, and uh, my, my favorite part of the story is not, you know, so famous, it's a cliche, you know, you, you without uh, sin cast the first stone. That, that's that same story because they said we, she should be stoned. And Jesus said, you without sin cast the first stone. And they all dropped their rocks, right, and left and that whole thing. And so, you know, you say, okay, I was, that was a good story. But that's not my favorite part. My favorite part is Jesus. Jesus then looked at her and said, woman, where are your accusers? Where are your accusers? There are none, Lord, then neither do I. The one who created you, the love that created stars and the universe and cosmos said, I don't blame you. I, I, there, I do not put any blame on you. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if anyone could blame, he certainly could be the one that would blame. 
So we have to learn to encourage, we have to learn to forgive that way, and we have to learn to serve one another in that same way. Amen?